0: Hi and welcome to the Msingi Talks podcast, a podcast hosted by Msingi Trust. This podcast ventures deeper into issues of faith, advocacy, activism, and makes connections between these worlds. Psalms 89.14 states that justice and righteousness are the foundation of God's throne, and here we unpack how the church, as the body of Christ and institution, can faithfully embody justice and righteousness in both word and deed. Karibuni and let's do justice. I'm just thinking about when I hear this and I'm going into a, into a conversation that I wish we did not have to have, but I am Kenyan, you're my sisters, uh, mm-hmm. you're my South African sisters, uh, but then we cannot talk about fees must fall, roads must fall and not talk about the xenophobia that was also happening around that time. Mm-hmm. when you hear what, what is what, um, what's xenophobia about like when you hear it and when you where would you place xenophobia and why why is there now or an expression of animosity towards other African brothers and sisters that is very um, prevalent in South Africa.
1: Oh,
2: I think this, for me, this always just warrants just such a sigh of heaviness, you know, Um, I don't know who wants to go first, but I remember around that time Right, right. Uh, was it in twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen, um, Tandy When right after that, there were those xenophobic attacks mm. across the country.
1: Not sure which it was. Yeah, but I remember.
2: I remember. Um, honestly, I think anti anti blackness and Afrophobia. Is um, is is something that we have to we have to look at at ourselves about as um, as South Africa, and ask ourselves what what are the what are the things that we are not doing, or we are doing, that 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 give us that propensity to act along the lines of. Um, of ingesting that that anti-Blackness um, and rather taking, taking our frustration about our econ- economics out on our sisters and brothers rather than um, conglomerating our effort in our organization to changing and shifting the systems. Um, it's, it's a really, really, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where I, I realized that as um as as probably as we are as we're seeing the work that we have to do, I don't know, maybe guys, you can you can you can come in and, and um, correct me or or help me see a different picture, but I feel that like the work that has to be done in terms of um of unmasking what white supremacy has done in terms of ordering the world in those who are in and who are out. And I think it's also a human, just a human uh, propensity, a human proclivity actually to do that. Um, But what happened in particular with this colonized and racialized world is that it's gotten us fighting each other for a small piece of the pie. And um, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot that has to happen with, with, um, like for instance, for me to know that the South African experience doesn't also represent the whole of the African experience. And I uh, one of the ways that I, I've 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 asked God to, to challenge me personally when I'm is to know how to how to back down um, from, from even assuming that I'm a better African, because I know that there is that. There is that about South Africa in particular. I think because of uh of of some kind of uh, I don't know what it is, but that 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 makes that makes us consider ourselves the better african and um and we need to speak to that and in particular speak to that um or rather or rather allow ourselves to to have conversations where we dissenter and we allow ourselves to to see ourselves as part of this beautiful uh, uh, continent i don't know if you've ever listened to uh tandy i don't know if you've ever heard uh South Africans when they say yeah I'm going up to Africa
3: mm-hmm. they'll say oh this this so and so is it's from Africa or you know or, or whatever and it's like but like where are we Gandhi like where like legitimately where are we um so there's definitely that distancing also
2: there is that distancing and I think for me I'm finding healing from from that um from from that um, desire to over assert and over assume um, that I'm not from this continent by no by it's, it's in the language it's in the language and also allowing myself to be taught and led um, intentionally when people are expecting me to teach and lead and honestly I feel like. Um, I'm really, really blessed because the people that are in my life, I, even if I wanted to be presumptuous, they wouldn't actually even allow me to be presumptuous to think that I'm the better African because also like they, it's, it's, just, it's just heavy hitters all around me and I'm just so thankful. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's for me the unspoken, the things that we don't really want to speak about in terms of Afrophobia amongst ourselves as South Africans, those are the things that we need to gun for. I don't know what. What do you think? What do you think, uh, Tandi? I oh, want to
0: hear from Cecilia. What do you yeah. think?
3: Perfect. Yeah, like honestly, this thing has always perplexed me. To be honest, um, I think because I um, I lived out of out of the country for a while, um, and so for me, it I always just um, turn it back to my experience and on, on on what. That would have been like for me if if i was um like my life literally a life or death um issue my life was a, a at stake simply because of where i was from um and i think it 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 made even less sense when you when you realize that um <laughs> this is these are people who are the, from the same continent so it's not like um yeah. Yeah. You know, we we all foreigners you know f- from italy or whatever are, are are the problem it's it's um uh people from our own continent so if there's a background noise so um that's something that i never quite understood um and it's always perplexed me and it's something that's always broke my heart and i and and i never want to also divorce myself as um someone who's not part of the problem as a south african it's 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 where i think i i it's a recognition first of privilege um yeah. of privilege of 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 being in this in this particular country and 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 uh, a privilege of na- of nationality um yes. in this particular context and then recognizing okay what then am i doing with that privilege and with that um well. power right and i think sometimes it's so hard as south africans to i remember being in a i think actually at a justice conference um workshop around this and recognizing that i think as south africans um perhaps given our history and given um, the the things that we're contending with, you know, so many things, so many layered things. But I think it's so hard to then see, turn around and see ourselves also as in a position of power when it comes yeah. to this particular thing, and yeah. then to say, then how how am I going to then use um, my privilege? It, you know when we talk about um, you know to, to white people and we say hey what conversations are you having around the dinner table um you know what are your parents what are you you know and, and your yeah. and your relatives saying about you know black people actually we need to turn to our own relatives and say you know how are you speaking about people from you um, other countries, other African countries, um, what are you saying about them? And and that's a situation which I never ever dreamt that I would be in, um, but have um, increasingly found myself in. And it's just realizing that, um, yeah, it's about understanding your positionality and understanding and seeing yourself in the story and in the context and um, instead of, you know, playing this, um, I uh, yeah, I hope I'm not triggering, but just like maybe what I'll use for like a better word, uh, oppression Olympics. Just being aware that um yeah, yeah sometimes sometimes you need to turn around and actually look at yourself um as well and in the mirror and 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 what what things do you need, do you yourself need to unlearn um, regarding history and and what you've been told about your place as a South African specifically in this continent. Mm. Um, but it's something that's always perplexed to me. I yeah I don't know.
1: Yeah
0: yeah. yeah. I think I think for me, the the one thing that I wish more, especially Black South Africans, would do, mm-hmm. is, uh, and I think it's also our conversations on economics. But take a bus ticket and travel, and just get into a bus. Right. And, and go to Zambia, go to Malawi, go to Zim, go somewhere. Because I think many people have uh, believed the, the, uh many South Africans, um, and I'm generalizing when I say black, many Black South Africans, but actually that's the reality is they've believed yeah, the, the national geographic definition of Africa while well, okay. in South Africa, you know, the and so your experience of, okay. of Africa is, is also from, from a perspective that is, yeah. is tainted by, by conservationists and uh, colonialists. And also now, when you see a group of people coming to South Africa to do for work. You also forget that there are South Africans in Kenya looking for work, you know. So when you when there's no that conversation, yeah, it becomes very skewed. And so I don't know. But yeah. I, I would say that I remember, I don't know, Cecita and Lusanda, you remember when we went to one of our field trips, and we went to the ladies, I think it's in Guguletu, who's, I can't remember. Do you remember, we were, and then we ate, we ate really nice food. Yes, at Tambo.
3: Could it be Philippines? Yes, yeah, Tambo, Tambo. 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 Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Tambo village. And I remember uh, the mom, uh, we were talking with the, the moms there, and they were really curious. They wanted to travel, and, it was it was having the conversation that because Tambo village is just uh, just is on the on the airplane route and they keep mm. seeing planes 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 and they were saying I wish I can be able to get into one of these things and just see Africa so yeah. the, see the rest of Africa see where you come from see all yeah. of that so there's that is that hunger to see. And yeah. I wish we would make it a reality, you know?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> um, and I think going back to what you was saying, I think the problem is that like, if, we, if we're not willing to do that work within ourselves as South Africans of, um, of the same way that we want to dismantle um, someone else othering me based on the color of my skin. And uh, that, that same work of expecting white people to have a conversation with one another and also um, understand their, their, their relationship to privilege. If we're not winning um, in, in, in that regard amongst ourselves, right, um, the problem is always gonna be with someone else. And, um, and, I, and I think one of the reasons I'm so thankful for for faith formation that makes me see um how shalom is intended to work and invite us into that liberation work that Ubawa wants to do is that it helps me to also see the demon within myself right so that um the world is not being divided like oh, ellen's story always says um we think we tend to think that righteousness is, is god dividing the line like dividing people these people are righteous these people are unrighteous but that light, the dividing line has to be within ourselves and be able to see the potential to be oppressor and to be an other based exactly on what sessica says which is like it's it's citizenship right how what where where am i opening the doors and um and how am i uh, making room for someone else who wouldn't be seen there because of their citizenship and granted they are very complex stories um, in terms of the townships and some of the things that people experience there I don't live in um, in places that are experiencing a harsher a harsher condition um, so I don't want to speak for other people but I know within my realm um, there's a lot of work to do there's constant conversations to have oh. yeah I mean I think that
1: there's honestly so much here I um, and I really appreciate what you all have said, and I think, I think reading the book *The Sacrifice of Africa* really um, helped with kind of a framework because I think, I think yeah. a lot of the work that needs to be done is, is really a work of um, questioning and critiquing some of these norms and these narratives that we've been sold. Um, I think. I think particularly this idea of borders and what they mean mm. and the, the social, yes. their social reality, because hey, I, no. I mean, these, these are things that we think about as if they've always been there, as if we don't question we don't question the fact that, you know, I'm South African and Carol, you're Kenyan. We don't say, but what is this thing?" Of South African, what is this in Kenyan? Like, who put these borders there? Yes, and I think I think when we start to do that work, like, um, so Emmanuel Katongole, who writes *The, the Sacrifice of the A- Africa*, he continues to invite us to not take these um, narratives as they are, but continue to question them and question the idea of these borders and that these borders get to define us and define our relationships with other people Um, because I think if we don't question beyond these things that we've been sold then we continue to be colonized and our colonization continues to determine how we live in the world and how we see ourselves in the world and how we see other people Um, and I think I think it's that. Thing is theoretical and up in the air but I think it has very real implications and so I think even though it kind of feels a bit abstract sometimes sometimes I think it's it's real work that that we need to be doing Um, and I think as you mentioned Lusando especially because we're not living in the townships we we are not living with the kind of scarcity that um, Mm. Mm, that is definitely. inspiring some of these things yeah. um, and so i think i think we need to recognize our our own privilege and
2: yeah. Um, yeah, my friend
1: and and what kind of critique that allows us mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. um, and and what what power we have to change it and what our spaces of of trying to bring shift to this are because i mean this is a thing that just so much of the the narrative around xenophobia is is so separated from our history. It's so separated from colonization. Mm. I feel like I feel like the white powers that be and the black powers that be in this country just kind of get away with no place in that story. Mm. Um, they get away scot free in that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we need to figure out how to connect all of these dots because because it's only by doing that it's only by seeing the full picture that we can actually begin to bring solutions to this but I mean yeah South Africa is culpable culpable on so many levels like the way um, our politicians speak about foreigners and and create xenophobia through some of the things that they say um, I mean South Africa's South Africa is such a neo-colonial, such a colonial force in, on the continent in many ways, and I think we yeah. need to, we need to be reckoning with that as well, and, um, yeah, but I, but I, I really like what everyone has said, and I think, I think yeah. in all of our, in all of our movement towards mm-hmm. liberation, I think, I think what's, becomes so important for me is what is our end vision? What is this world that we are trying to get to? If we don't have a picture for that, then we might end up causing more damage. If if we don't have a picture for a world where there is full humanization for everyone, um, then I think we just end up recreating privilege and oppression in different forms. Um, yeah. And I think it is about recognizing this thing of intersectionality and where we have privilege in some spaces and where we are oppressed in other spaces. Because until we I think until we recognize all those da- all those dynamics, we we will stop before we get to a place where everyone gets to be human and fully humanized. Because we see we see similar dynamics. To this xenophobia thing in in gender stuff, um, mm, yeah, where that those kind of intersectional oppressions um, show themselves in really messed up ways as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, some of this feels like theoretical and abstract, but I think it it forms the way we are and the way we be. Um, mm-hmm and it's stuff that needs to be grappled with. Nsinghi is a Swahili word meaning foundation.
0: Our name and mandate comes from Psalms 8914. We host engaging conversations on faith, social justice and advocacy across all our social media platforms. We also offer training and consultancy services to help you navigate the world of social justice and faith. To engage with us, visit our website, www.msingitrust.org follow us on all our social media handles at msingitrust or email us on info at I love the opportunity to to speak on this and to share and to break bread around this and this you have actually uh, Tandi really given us a nice entryway into the next discussion question because you you spoke about gender and we can't be friends uh, girls talk uh, in a, uh, in this space talking and we've had these conversations uh in terms of partner partnerships marriages gender dynamics in the home and uh we we keep asking man how do we find like the process of i don't know how to frame this question it's very difficult to frame it but if you guys have words to frame it please help me.
3: love in the time of the rona
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: love in the time of the rona
0: love in the time of struggle love in Time
3: of patriarchy. No, in time of finding, finding love when you work. <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. that yeah. conversation, that, that one can miss me. Like Lucinda said, I'm too busy here yeah, doing social analysis. I I can't even <laughs> talk to boys. <laughs> yeah. Woo!
0: Like how do you how do we how do we oh I was about to say curate like are you seeing the problems guys
3: this is so all of a sudden I can't can't we really, um she's married
2: the other that I'm I'm from I feel like I the way that everything the conversation now where the conversation is at now about dating I mean you remember the last time we had our no dinner here at home I, I was literally like just quiet and just watching. I w- and I felt so old. Tandy, I don't know if you remember.
3: <laughs> I like, remember that conversation.
2: I just remember feeling like, wow, I don't know this world. And, and I realized that like, it also takes learning for me to see the, because also I don't know. I'm so removed also from the challenge and also from people's emotional maturity, and in particular, I'm talking about guys, right? So um, so, 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 so something we had assessed, uh, actually it was myzi, right, and, and maybe Carol, hopefully he spoke to you about some of these things. because um, he keeps saying that uh, I think what's beautiful is that we're in a time where we are realizing that it's unsustainable for people to oppress other people. <laughs> right? So we're talking about Yay. it. Yes. yes. No, stop it. It's, it doesn't make sense, right? Mm,
3: I suppose. It's Particularly, it's
2: done, man. Yeah, particularly in Africa, right? Mm. The more that we are educating and um and uh, become I don't want to say becoming more liberal as a derogatory term, but let's let me say we've become um. I'll say we have learned white feminism.
0: Mm,
2: yeah. Um, yep. But I feel like there are some um, ideological backtracks. Or um, let's say ideological backtracks where we're actually looking to African knowledge systems and African social orderings for a more liberative form that doesn't, that's more womanist and that's more community aware, as opposed to um, let let the let the women take power from, because um, uh, it, it's just more thinking about the environment we're creating, and so not leaning towards too much about uh, who's gonna be in front and who's gonna be at the back, but it's more trying to create a household, what Letty Russell calls that household of freedom, right? And I think we're having beautiful conversations right now. Um, However, what's happened is that like, it seems that guys are like, well, no, or rather it seems that with, with women having found their, their liberation from all of these societal constructs that you've got to be married by 25 you've got to have a baby at 26 and you you know there's all of these things and um you've got to wait for the guy to pursue you you've got all of these societal constructs and that a woman is a prize for a man is a prize for a a good a good girl and whatever whatever right Um, and and a lot of them are good because they're also dismantling this idea of presumed ownership that women have men have over women and this indenture that uh the indentured existence that women have towards men and um and i think a lot of the stuff my would tell you that i believed a whole lot of that stuff right when we got married and a lot of our learning we did it together Mm -hmm. right and um and he also came from a family which was interesting where um his dad uh, knew that as a responsible adult, he's got to take care of his space. Cleaning wasn't a woman's thing. It was like, if you live here, you clean here, right? But then because of the, of the rest of the context, uh, people, people expect men to be here. He would play to that, but in his own home, he would you know so there was always a negotiation with the external expectations versus what happens inside so he would have been a little bit further down the line than the guy that i expected i was meant to marry and that i was preparing for i was preparing for who oh, did must come home blade jack has got to be hot and i mean all uh, these things i've got to clean the house i've got to be this domestic goddess and also make yeah at the same time let me tell you guys I was exhausted at month at month number three. I was like, no, I'm good, babes. You can come cook. I'm <laughs> great. Right? So, so then he's saying now with women having thrown off those societal things, guys have also found their liberty and they're like, I'm throwing them off too. But they've kind of lived with a little bit more of sexual privilege in terms of how they behave. Right? Guys have always had that, that like they can play around and no one is going to judge them, but girls must stay pure. Right? But now... What's happened is that guys have also uh, he it says it seems that guys now no longer want that pressure off in order to be a responsible man. If I'm a responsible man, I'm gonna find a woman and I'm gonna commit to her. And so there's that throwing off as well. And so we've gotta we've gotta recognize that there's that tension and how do we navigate it?
0: Mm. Oh, man, I I think I keep. I keep joking to to you, Lusanda, and Matlatse. I was like, you guys, you just need to set me up double, uh, for a blind date, and then whoever mm-hmm. it is you choose for me, I will go with that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's-
2: and, I, and I wish I could take extra wives, but uh, <laughs> oh. I'm a very caring person, but it's going to be complicated on these streets. It, it will be
0: a <laughs> day. Where take the boy? What are you
1: talking about?
2: Yeah, no, I mean another one.
1: Okay. Yes. <laughs> but my wife, she's my wife, not his. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man, Tandy, Tandy, you have you 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 were saying that you have a theory. You're working on a theory. Can tell oh, I me mean, yes. about your theory.
1: I mean, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. say a theory, but. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because of certain circumstances which going to. But, um, I won't go into but I feel like yo, men so I feel like for, for women who are attracted to men mm. there is going to be even with the most feminist man, there's mm. going to be an amount of patriarchy that you're going to have to contend with. But not contend, babes? Get into a relationship with this person. Uh, yo, guys. Because I think, I mean, I've seen it. The most, someone who can have the most articulate feminist discourse, yep. it seems like, you know, they're at the front of this thing, doing all the things. And you see, you see how deep this stuff goes when you're in, and I think in, in these relationships is where this stuff actually gets tested to its core. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I think it's until you're in close personal relationships, whether that's like deep friendships or romantic relationships, but I think that's that's like the um, that's where the rubber hits the road. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's at some level, it's easy to be able to theorize and yeah. be able to speak and articulate and have the right discourse. But that's where it gets tested as to whether that stuff is embodied or not.
2: Yeah. Um, and
1: I think, you know, I think that there's so many things like, like the, the idea that um, women are the nurturers, right? We get yeah. socialized into that thing from day one. Um, mm-hmm. We're given dolls while, while <laughs> um, trucks. we're given guns or trucks or whatever. And the, the kind of, I think the kind of messaging that happens over our entire lives with, in, in the church, as you said, Lusanda, you're taught that being married is like the ultimate thing. Um, you are going to look after children. This is your godly thing. You are women are allowed to be Sunday school teachers and nothing else in the church. All of these things are saying certain things. And so I think, I think um, for us, this, this thing of like nurturing is so, so deeply within us. And I, I don't think that's, that's a bad thing in itself, because I think, I think being able to love people really well and care for people really well is such a beautiful thing. But I think because men are not given the same socialization, there's like, in so many relationships there's like an imbalance in that and and um so yeah if any men are listening to this let me just say this
2: come on girl she went.
1: please in any in friendships that you're in please ask for feedback you might think that you have shaken all of your patriarchy mm. but probably the people the women who are in very close proximity to you and in close relationships to you will be able to see the things that you are not seeing because of blind Mm -hmm. spots. So please ask for Mm -hmm. feedback if you're serious about actually trying to shake this thing, because it's in all of us much deeper than we know, and are able to, I think, consciously Mm -hmm. articulate. um, And and some of these spaces is where it can come out and where we can actually shed it in in much more powerful ways than we can outside of relationship. I think I think relationships are a real gift because they they force a mirror um, up in front of us in in many different ways. And and whether this is friendships or romantic relationships, I think they're such a gift because of that. We see things that we wouldn't have seen in any other space yeah. um yeah so I think you're it's a tricky no thing, Tandi no. you
0: you man it's like what part of patri- do I really have to contend with a part of patriarchy I'm like
2: you know what I think I think really I I would lean into what Tandi's saying because also guys if you think about the long um even socioeconomically, there's long history of um, how much a guy earns versus a woman, right? That has nothing to do with your marriage for now, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Until um, it's, it's, uh, I mean, if I think of something that's been a practicality for a lot of people, it's that um, it's okay, right? Um, I'm tired and I just don't feel like working Um, my the husband gets more money anyway right remember what happens is that if you're a woman and you're working and uh, you get a child you are likely going to get a pay cut because you are going to go on maternity leave um, because you're going to be seen as a liability to the family but when the man works and he's married right and he gets a child there's an assumption that his um, and obviously I'm I'm talking about your more privileged and affluent working um, vibes, and he gets a child. There's a there's an assumption that he has to take care of more people, and so he gets more money, and then you you get this pattern that seems really really noble. That gets normalized over time, where woman takes care of home as oikos and gets to go and conquer the public of polis right and he goes out there to the outside world and the woman stays in the inside world and this strange the same thing gets upheld right and these noble things that exist in societies are the things that we get socialized in right Mm -hmm. and they become a practicality that we have to live by and those are the things that are hard to articulate in a conversation with someone that you're dating because you feel like, no, you're going to talk about it later and you won't see until you're in it. Um, my prayer is that any guy and girl listening to this, like Tandy said, that you just get feedback and, and get a sense of what it is that you really believe. Because a lot of these patriarchal things, they sit in the most noble sense because here's the thing, um, Satan doesn't, sometimes he likes to overplay his card, but the system doesn't always over like, like to overplay its card, right? Um, And so these things like to be invisible because they need to continue. And I think that's the thing about patriarchal systems. Um, They just want to be invisible. And so it's going to be a practicality sometimes, you know, and, um, and, but it translates. as, actually, this is very patriarchal, guys, (laughs) (laughs) listen.
3: Even when it, rest benevolently mm-hmm. they the land patriarchy, patriarchy.
0: and like and patriarchy is not just about men it's also women yeah, yeah. propagate absolutely uh, things that uh, beliefs uh practices and uh conversations that continually diminish the place and the role of woman in society yeah and um, I love the conversation about oikos and the polis um, in terms of the household of God and the city, the place, the, the 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 political arena, and how what happens in the oikos happens also in the polis. That those two, there's inequality at home. Mm. Out the the inequality in. In the society will still be felt. Cecilia, you're not you're not getting out of this conversation. Eh? <laughs> Let's hear. I it from sure. you. Yes, I,
3: I must press mute because um, really it's 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 hectic. I remember um, for 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 Anna Dimini, I was uh, I, I hosted a, a, a series of conversations. Um, uh, Tandy, you were there for one um, around pioneering and just focusing on women and um, really just um, yeah re- like uh, highlighting really the, the um, w- what it looks like to be a woman in the in the 21st century. And then I I hosted a, a men's only conversation because I wanted them to also kind of like talk about um, their responses towards um, uh, yeah like like ha- how like like mm, then how do I phrase this? Wanting them to also kind of check themselves in terms of interrogating some of the things that also um, disable them from actually being able to um, be walk alongside women instead of just always wanting women to kind of like defer to them in terms of um, being the pioneer or being the the person kind of like leading. And then uh, I tried to then host a conversation um, of both uh, women and men um, to really kind of like, kind of like wrap up the series, but also talk about um, relationship and actually how do we how do we see each other um how do we how do we then kind of say okay fr- from from what we're learning about um women actually being able to take control of their own uh, destinies and not needing affirmation from men how then do men uh, respond and how how can we also say you know at the end of the day if if like like to said for, for women who want to be in relationship with men how then does this play out in relationships it was a mess <laughs> the, the conversation I, I didn't even air it because um there was just no like we didn't we couldn't actually like like see each other properly um and and hear each other and and I thought that was very telling in and of itself and um and that's why I'm just like even me I'm like I I don't know because when I think about men I'm just like oh my gosh like a problem And, and and obviously not wanting to like um bash but also just being aware of so many things that we have to contend with and also just being like I don't I don't know where to start and when it comes to then like seeking you know being in in in, like in relationship with guys um i i just having to look at all these kind of layered things and also kind of um just the the where they are in their journey also when it comes to to just like the things that we contend with in society and and seeing society in this fullness like i don't yeah i'm a mess guys i'm still figuring i'm still figuring this out i don't know (laughs) i honestly don't know where to start
0: um i think for me if there's a phrase that captures what it is that i feel is I, i came across it and i felt like it captured what the dream is the ideal is is that what what that whatever relationship it is that i i find myself in would have to be for love and revolution mm. it can't be just for love's sake and for the revolution's sake it it has to be part yeah. of that it's 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 combined it's love it's revolution it's its yeah. faith it's justice it's yeah. and to it's to find to find that uh, that is, <laughs> is fun or not. And, uh, but I think also knowing that I myself, I'm also journeying, mm-hmm. Um I have things that I need to, to shed off or to add to it and the patience in this journey.
1: Yeah. I think and- that's so important what you said, Carol, that it's, it's love and revolution. Mm -hmm. I really like that because I think, I feel like this, this thing needs to inform our entire journey with justice. Mm -hmm. It can't be, it can't be something that's removed from, from our personal spaces. Like if it's not lived out within our most intimate relationships, um, then there's something missing it I think it has to I think it's it's like what she was saying with the um, the oikos the household of freedom and how that's kind of a microcosm of of the greater society I think our closest and most intimate relationships need to be a, a reflection of what we are fighting for for the greater society if the kind of justice um, and love and shalom that we are fighting for out there um, is not present or at least we're not fighting for it in our closest relationships and I don't think we have any business in in this whole thing because I think I feel like you know so many times I think in the church maybe especially we see these big faith leaders who are kind of you know, their family is neglected or, um, and I think this has a long history in the church. There's the things that they're preaching out there are just not expressed within their family and within their household. And I think it needs to, it needs to start there and be embodied there and be lived out. That needs to become a space that, that we are challenged to like practice the things that we're preaching.
0: Sorry, wow, guys.
2: Lucinda, uh, do you have something to say Just to, just to, to finish, to finish adding uh, an example to what Tandy's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that, like, like I'm saying, it's been a journey for me as well, um, and learning as as in um, and, and learning those things that I get socialized um, into as a woman again, whether I'm um, upholding patriarchy or um feeding it uh like as i'm expecting my husband to also play a particular part but also myself um playing a particular part and expecting other women to play a part um but we've both come into this journey continually committing to have not only conversations but to have practical outworkings that make us move towards love and revolution because of love and revolution right because if if we don't um what happens is that we are gonna we're gonna get so i mean let me make another example so have you noticed how for instance um women are always the ones that are uh, Kind of living with this beautiful meta narrative, and kind of wanting to go after their dream or want to do the right thing, right? But then guys, because they because of this, like polis are uh, leaning towards uh, if they're raised to be the ones to go and conquer the public world. You go out there and you work, you work for your woman, and your woman is supposed to look after the home. She can work too, but her primary thing is to care for the home, right? What happens is that. Um, it keeps producing these men that don't really want to change the world. They just want to secure the bag. And they become disgruntled with things as they are. And I've seen sometimes men who don't want to rock the boat, but it's their wives that are actually the bedrock of the struggle. Historically, it has mm-hmm. been the women. They've been the bedrock of struggle. Why? Because especially in 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 a, in a racialized world where um, the powers that be, um, they get rid of the people that are the instigators that want to turn the world upside down. And so uh, our men, especially Black men, have been the ones to either um, be an outlier and just be, uh, no, not be an outlier, but either they exhibit that incredible courage and sacrifice or they actually want, especially now that we've come into um, a space where it seems that now anybody can it seems like everybody can, can have economic access. Um, it's very likely that it's tougher for men to, um, to want to step out and be the ones to pursue revolution if it's going to cost them that, that alignment to being the, the champion of the public square at the expense of his wife, right? And mm. so we contend then for, um, for love that says, I don't just want romantic feelings. I want us to the world because that inclination is going to help us to keep saying, okay, we can't fight patriarchy and, um, and, and objectification and reductionism of women out there. If we're not talking about how it's impacting Mm. us in this intimate place. Right. And it becomes this constant, constant conversation and constant leaning towards each other. And I think, um, that's why I think I've always romanticized, um, just looking at, at couples who have been through the struggle together. I, I always, mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't, but I do, I do uh couples that have been through a revolution together. I mean, I know that Mandela married uh, Grasha Michelle, but there was something about him and Winnie Mandela, right? You mm-hmm. uh, Think of um, Albertina and Uncle Walter and all of that. Um, and And
0: yeah, I don't know. <sighs> But you also see how like, even with um, like the two women, um, Grassa Michelle and Mamawini, um, and that they were full figures of the revolution by themselves, but then they got assimilated into the Mandela name, you know? Mm. And, and then you, you also see, like the story of the woman in the revolution is is sometimes lost, you know, and uh, it has to. And when it doesn't, and when we look even at the Winnie Mandela story and uh, and how because if if from the book from the movie Winnie, as I remember reading, uh, watching it is. That she was too revolutionary yeah. for the sure. transition that was going to happen. Because yeah. uh, sorry, I could I could I lost you there, Lucinda. Yeah. So, but because when you said Lucinda, this comes to the point where I feel when you said that you know the actual state of the, of the household. You know the actual state of it and you're like no we are not taking crumbs yeah you know we are not taking crumbs and so mm-hmm. these crumbs that you're ready to take please shove them let's yeah. fight for true freedom and that's yeah. also the truth in Kenya because the women who who were generals during the during the freedom uh the the freedom fighting the Mao, the, they, were, they were labeled Mao Mao by the colonizers, but in the name they gave themselves was the, the Kenya Land and Freedom Army. Yeah. The, the women became, we forgot about them. And it's only now that we are trying to mm-hmm. bring back to memory the women of the struggle, mm-hmm. the women of, of that fought, fought for freedom.
2: Uh, yeah sure
0: well so i know i don't know if anybody has anything to go we've gone for like two hours guys
2: but uh let's make a part one and a part two
3: (laughs) i'm
0: like this is so (laughs) much (laughs) i was listening to two hours of our podcast but um closing remarks something that's come up for you and then please share where people can follow you on, on Facebook, on Insta, any projects you're working on, mm-hmm. and all that good things. We can start with Tandy.
1: Sure. Um, this is always the hard part of things. <laughs> Last word, like, wow, <laughs> to say something profound. Please do, Tandy please, please. Profound. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, I don't think I have anything to add, really. I think, um, yeah, we honestly, we could speak for many more hours than this. I think um, there's so much, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Um, but yeah, I think, I think maybe I'll say, I think to have a vision, a vision for why we're trying to do things is so important. Mm. Um, even for this conversation about about patriarchy and um, and why we're doing that, I think I think if we don't have a vision for why we're doing it, then the work is not worth it because this is this is hard work um, mm. for all of us. Similarly, we need we need a vision. For a different world, um, where there is no, where there's no gender inequality, where there's no xenophobia, where yes, borders yes. are not determining our identities and how we treat other people. Yes. Um, and I think our faith, I think, I think our faith um, can give us that vision for another world. So so to me, I think that's actually maybe the most pressing work for us as Mm -hmm. Jesus followers to articulate this vision of the world that we're moving towards because we're not just doing this for the sake of it we're not we're not trying to do this justice work and this hard work of ridding ourselves of um yeah patriarchy and all forms of privilege and oppression Mm -hmm. and these identities for nothing we're doing it because we Believe in this world where there is peace and justice, and where all of us get to be fully human and get to, yeah, live out all of what we are intended to. Um, so yeah, I think that is what I will end with. Um, I am on Instagram, but there's not much there. Um, I'm on <laughs> Facebook. Um, follow the warehouse page and some of. The podcast that we do and the blog post that we put out are on there um yeah but tandy gamedza you can find me on facebook maybe i'll accept your friendship <laughs> maybe <Sure. laughs> if you're lucky
3: yeah
0: what yeah. do people need to do to get uh, uh for them to for you to accept their friendship request on facebook
1: So <laughs> oh, it really depends on the day <laughs> <laughs> My brother recently said he, um, or a few months ago actually, he was like, "Yeah, now I just accept everyone." (laughs) And so so I started doing that too. But then you get all kinds of random people. A little bit dangerous. And the thing is, once once you're friends with someone, then they'll invite another friend of yours, and that person will be like, "Oh, they're friends with you, so I can accept
3: them." It's a famous people problem yo guys i the other
0: day i i realized i was like i don't know who like half of these people are i (laughs) i chopped off almost 700 wow
3: wow purge i purged
0: because i'm like i'm yeah i'm like i don't know you so for real (laughs) like this i'm finding more and more that the facebook space needs to be curated for friends if true, you, true i'm like singing is the public page yeah yeah please you can follow that and
1: yeah. trust
0: on all that but like no yeah.
1: facebook yeah. is a mess yeah <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that's the
0: streets street. lusanta <laughs>
2: I don't want Tandi to comment. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, no. What What was the question, Duta?
0: Uh, closing remarks. Where do people find you? Awesome work. Yes. Follow you and all that.
2: Everything that Tandi said, and also, um, you know, to just know that like healing from. What we've ingested in in what the world has built, it takes it takes time, mm. um, and it takes commitment, and um, it takes really believing in the power of collective. Mm. Everything you know, there's power in the collective. There's power in healing collectively, naming things collectively, experiencing joy, and um, and also pursuing joy as an act of resistance uh, i think that um because this is a long-term thing that we're thinking about faith and justice is, an, is a very uncomfortable stance to pursue you know and i think it's uncomfortable because it's contested but jesus is here and um and he's able to keep to is able to keep on resurrecting us every time we hit the the ceiling um, if you need to talk to somebody a counselor therapist or just connect with friends we have to do it because we have to live we need to if we need to read scripture uh read the psalms and um and get into groups where we're just praying and and really um allowing embodiment like embodying the the things that (laughs) the things that we believe in and and we keep ourselves alive by those spiritual practices that help us to rest and to step back and to process and come back into health Uh, it could be having a meal with a friend breaking make breaking communion or um, just you know watching a movie that makes you laugh for days Um, but like let's look after ourselves and also look after each other because um, this is a long-term thing Um, you can follow me on instagram that's the only place where i'm really active Um, I shared art, artwork and meditations and just thoughts. And uh, we also have a podcast with my husband called Circle Around. Um, We are on the, we we are, we are on most major, most major streaming platforms, um, Apple and Spotify. And I don't know the other ones Google something, but please do uh, catch us there. But yeah, thank you so much, Ndita, for having me here. Thank you, my friends. Thank you, my friends, for loving me and just being so great.
0: Love you,
3: Lucy.
0: Love you. So, oh, sitle.
3: yeah. No, I'll definitely be listening to this podcast also, just to be able to hear and be disabled by you, ladies. Um, but I think. Yeah, what came to mind when you asked that when you asked that question of you know um last words was um, what tandy actually said about um, the founding stories and in- interrogating founding stories I mean in all the things that we we discussed and talked about you know from patriarchy um, capitalism whiteness afrophobia um, as you said Tandy, they may seem so theoretical and abstract these things but they play themselves out in in, in very real ways um, so what's what's helped me and what the journey that I've been in in the last two years is just really a constant questioning of like why, why are things the way they are? Why do I assume that they are the way they are and um, not really accepting things at face value? And that goes for the way we do relationships, even how we do faith, how I do faith, how, how I approach the Bible, how, how I approach worship. Um, and doing that, as LaSanne had said, in community has been so invaluable to me um, and really just stepping away from that kind of like privatized notion of faith um, is is something that I... Yeah, that that I've I found such freedom in really just seeing the other um, as much as you know, I was so focused on 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 looking up. So um, I guess that's that's my last word. Um, and uh, I am also an Insta, but. Um, I, I would i would like people yeah to maybe direct them to the Anna Domini page which has unfortunately been inactive the last few months but i'm still on the grind guys i'm still on the grind so um Anna Domini is where it's at um you can find it on uh uh instagram it's a uh, domini um uh or annodominimag.com that's that's where we are. i can find our latest issue there but yes
0: Thank you, Cecilia. Thank you, Tandy. Thank you, Lucinda. And for me, I am honestly listening, sitting here listening to the depth of friendship and wisdom and uh, integrity and oh, so much, man. I I am honored. I am, and this is a gift to have. You and even the larger extended community that we are part of—that uh, that God has blessed us with—of people who are uh, pursuing justice with uh, and in in words and in deeds. Mm and i am eternally grateful and so asante Sana, for coming through for this conversation i i really think we'll need to do part one and two of this conversation because it's this we are not editing much from here but uh, it needs to be part one and two because of the depth of what we have shared so thank you everybody for tuning in and for and find friendships uh i pray For people who are asking how how did you become friends how did you come into this community i feel like god brought all of us Mm. into a space that uh, sometimes you might hear this and you're like oh my gosh i am so jealous or longing for that community i feel like god god will bring this into fruition please uh find places follow pages Tune in, uh, if you see book studies, join book studies, like mm. find people whom you, you speak the same language and pursue knowledge and uh, mm. pursue knowledge, pursue relationship, pursue uh, these networks. And and that's where you find, if there's a kikui proverb that says, uh, like it basically means, I don't know how to explain that, but the <laughs> blessings found this person called Washo while she was farming. So you don't, you you these things come to you while you're doing the work. And so mm. I pray that as you're doing the work, God brings people around you to 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 be the to be the people who who carry you. All right, Kwaharini everybody, and uh, as always, let's remember to keep doing justice. If you've been inspired, challenged, and/or enjoyed this conversation, and would like to contribute to this and catch up with more of such, remember to follow us on social media at MCB Trust. Share this podcast with your friends and family, and also consider making a donation to support the production of this podcast. Donations can be made through PayPal. Kenya at gmail.com, Patreon at Musingi Kenya, or through M Pesa plus 254 Kwaherini, and thank you for joining us.